Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Film Freaks and a very special episode at that. With me as always is my co-host Matty G-Most. Yeah. G-Most? I don't know. It sounded good. Matty Ghost. Are you Danny Phantom's cousin? I wish. He's a fan. Anyway, do you know do you know why this is a special episode? Oh, is it because maybe we're returning after such a long hiatus? Do you know why Alex is a special episode? Is it because we're talking about childhood heroes? Do you know why else, else, else it's a special episode? Uh. Come on, man. My my voice can only go so high. Come on. <laughs> Do you well, know why else it's... Yeah, I'm gonna kill... I'm gonna kill my throat. Well, my inept brain is not gonna be able to guess why it's a special episode, so why don't you tell us? If memory serves me correctly, January 8th was the first time a uh, episode of The Film Freaks was either released or... I bought uh, the microphone. Let's actually take a look. Um, when did the series begin? January 17th. But I do believe January 8th or January 12th was the day I actually bought my Yeti. So the 17th will be the uh, anniversary of their first episode. So Fair enough. I go back to school on the 17th. but hey. I actually didn't realize that that actually is a very yeah. special moment in podcast history here so it's the moment that changed podcasting forever exactly we changed history. how you been it's been like yeah. two months man oh, what, it's been what the heck happened long. what happened to the film freaks well basically i had a little bit of a falling out myself i kind of regret not being a part of the podcast for so long but i did have a lot of personal stuff i was going through same same i uh i actually was finishing up my semester of uh, the fall semester of college um my second fall semester so the beginning of my second year and uh then our work just picked up because the holidays so we were actually going to pre-record a bunch of stuff, but we couldn't get to it for whatever reason. Just life pulled us apart. Yeah. But guess what, man? We're we back. conquered it. We're back. We're going full force. We're, we're gonna... back with a fury. Mm, like we're you've beat never. It yeah. In 2023, by the way, is gonna be our year. Yes. So, so this is our. I'm welcome... actually very Wel- excited about this year. Welcome to our year. Uh, what are we covering today? Well. I mean, it is quite a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Dude, it's... A beautiful day for a neighbor. So... Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Would you be my neighbor? Yeah. I don't do it as good as Fred did. Go ahead. What are we covering? We're talking about a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So, right off the bat, I actually wanted to uh, look over a few things. And I was... Going through IMDb, and I found some really cool fun facts. But as you know, uh, the number one thing we always do at the beginning of these is Maddie G. If you're new to the show, welcome. Maddie G and I always have a little routine, and it's a little game called Guess the Budget. So, uh, Maddie G, how much money do you think they made this for? So, that's the thing that is quite perplexing to me right now. I can't 
I can't really imagine very clearly how much of a budget it really is. There wasn't like all these crazy effects or anything. Mm. I mean, for some of the scenes, they probably had to do some really creative stuff. Not a lot of CGI. No, of course. I mean, this isn't a CGI kind of film. It's not like no. heroes or anything. Well, it sort of is a hero movie, but not like superheroes or anything. Yeah. Just give me a number. Just throw it out there. I'll... If I'm being honest with you, I almost didn't even want to play this game, but I'm curious. Yeah. You mean to just tell you? Actually, yes. Just tell me. Okay, cause... so it was made for a budget of $25 million, which is really low, considerably, um, <clears throat> compared to, you know, stuff today. Uh, the worldwide box office made $68.59 million. Um, and yeah, the, it was, it was, it wasn't bad. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 95%. I don't really trust Rotten Tomatoes because yeah. they've been wrong on several movies. I mean, uh, to I'm, be fair, it's called Rotten Tomatoes for a reason. <laughs> IMDB gives it a 7.2 out of 10. I actually, th- so this movie came out in 2019. This was my 2019 movie of the year. Um, yeah, I can definitely of, see that. Because of how beautiful it was. And this, I mean, I don't remember a whole lot of what came out in 2019. I should probably look, but uh, that's beside the point. Um, you want to start us off? Yeah, I just want to start by saying this was an amazing movie. And I've always heard that it was such a good movie. I'm just surprised that I've never seen it until now. I was too. Where are my notes? Oh, there they are. I gotta. Ah! Welcome to the editing room. (laughs) Okay. All right, here we go. I got my notes. Go ahead. There we go. So, yeah, this movie was just such a beautiful thing to watch. Just, it was very well crafted. And when it comes to the whole budget thing, I can understand how they actually, like, had a little bit lower of a budget here. But it was still very well done for what it was because... The thing that I actually admired most about it, not just with all the nostalgia that just flooded through me watching the whole thing, but the transitions when going from one scene to another, it was done in that classic, um, in that classic style of the old show where they'd have like this model city and like these cars just like going through the little streets and it's all just a handcrafted scene. That is the most brilliant thing to me about this so let me ask you a question when we started watching this um you said you actually grew up with fred rogers i did i was born in 98 you were born in what 96 97 97 which yeah we were only a year apart but still he was a part of my childhood because of my parents yeah and so i i never i was brought up more on like sesame street and elmo and I still had um, some of that in yeah, my childhood, but too. I, but I didn't actually really know until 2019 who Fred Rogers was. I don't even think I've heard of him. That until, is honestly very actually, surprising to me. Actually, maybe I did hear about him once or twice, but I never really like knew who he was. I just was just like, oh, Mr. Rogers. 
some guy probably. So I was approaching this with the um, skepticism of the main character in this, Lloyd Vogel, which was like, this guy is probably just, you know, one side on the camera and then the other. And it was really cool to, like, be a part of that journey with Lloyd finding out about Mr. Rogers through this movie. To me, that I don't know, it just made things a little more special. Uh, I and guess so, in a way more relatable, yeah, too, for you. So, so when you actually get to the point where you're seeing Lloyd, like, come at Mr. Rogers a little bit, when he's talking, like, okay, so who's the real Mr. Like, who's Fred? And and Mr. Rogers is like, huh? He's like, well, Mr. Rogers is your television persona. Who's who's Fred Rogers? And and I don't get the question. You know, that, that kind of yeah. thing. That was really good because it kind of showed, like, okay, you know, Lloyd's figuring out, as well as to me anyway, and I am, that he's not just Mr. Rogers, he's Fred Rogers, who is Mr. Rogers. It's not just an act that's the real Fred. So, I don't know. To me, that was really cool. Um, And I just wanted to add that because I thought that was something else. I mean, it it was amazing because I love Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is that dude. And there are people that worked on the movie that said Tom Hanks was a perfect casting for this. And I think I told you before the the, um, episode starts, they're like sixth cousins or something. So, they're like, you know, distant relatives, very, very distant relatives, Um, which I was like, okay. I don't know much about the whole sixth, first, second cousin hoopla, but yeah, but the the, the fact of the matter is, it's me. like really cool. You could trace them back to the same point after a while, but yeah, I don't know. That was just really cool it's, to me. Yeah, it's just interesting little fun facts right there. Mm-hmm. How was the nostalgia? Oh gosh! Immediately, as soon as the movie started, you probably even saw my reaction when all that stuff started happening. The the song for the actual show being the first thing that you hear in this movie, I was just sitting there and I just had this intense feeling of euphoria. Mm-hmm. Just laying back, listening, and just remembering all of that. And it was an amazing feeling. And then you get into what Mr. Rogers is actually like talking about as the topic for his quote-unquote show at the beginning of the movie where mm-hmm. he has this picture board and he opens up these doors of these pictures of people and you have the mailman who always goes speed Mr. delivery McFeely. yeah yeah you have all these characters that are behind these picture boards and then he gets to the main main topic this is not a movie about mr rogers by the way no and that, that's the surprising part that's the go most, ahead though I want you to finish that thought before yeah. before we... That's the greatest part about it to me. Because when he opens the one door and reveals this picture of this man who has like a bloodied bridge of his nose after some sort of fight, I was hit with such shock. Mm-hmm. Because I did not expect that. No. And that's another thing that's brought up later in the movie as well that I would love to touch upon. But just to see his face, the sudden shift in tone. I, I agree. I was, because never hearing of Fred, I was like, oh, that's creepy as heck. Yeah. What's going on here? So you have this very happy and childish atmosphere, and then suddenly it shifts to this, okay, this is a lot darker of a topic than you would expect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For a children's show or movie, like, 
that's something unique. Yeah, and so you said, well, I want to go ahead and just capitalize on that. I, I actually was kind of like, I, I don't know, I thought that was a perfect way to kind of snap people like into the movie, yeah. if, if that makes any sense. Uh, probably not the right words, but like the, the sudden like just shift and people are like, huh? Wait, what? And they're caught off guard and then they're immediately intrigued. Um, I thought that it was really creepy the first time I saw it. I was like, um, okay, this guy's like, this is Fred Rogers, supposed to be this kid's dude, but, um, okay, some guy with a bloody nose. Uh, but I thought that was really cool. Um, perfect way, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, that moment right to, there was the most captivating part to me. I also loved how they connected Lloyd's story with the Mr. Rogers episode. So, like, they're doing the episode... And they're doing Lloyd's story, you know what I mean, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they're doing a whole bit where they're looking at how magazines are made. And then the transition is into yes. Lloyd as he's walking. And then it, like, boom, before you know it, it's all about Lloyd now. I thought that was perfect. I just thought there were certain ways and certain transitions that were just spot on. Oh, yes. Uh, you can tell that the people... In, that were making this made it out of love and really cared about what they were doing. And, and that's, that's what Mr. Rogers is, actually. Yeah, and so that's why I love the fact that it was $25 million because you don't think about budget when you watch this. You think about no. the message, and that's the most important part. But it just amazes me that, in my eyes, that's a very low number to make a movie, especially to Terminator costs more than this. And this is just that beautiful of a movie, you know. Um, I want to get into your other point that you made. You said that this is not a movie about Fred Rogers. No, not in the slightest. Could you expand on that? Because when you hear the words, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, you immediately think Mr. Rogers. So going into this, I was kind of thinking, okay, this is going to be a movie about Mr. Rogers. But surprisingly, it was far from it. And I want you to go a little further into that. Yes. So when I say that this is not a movie about Mr. Rogers... I would actually say this is more so a movie kind of about Lloyd as a character. Lloyd, of course, taking the the um, the the place of Tom... What's his name? Tom... It's based on a true story, yeah. but it's... Um, what's his name? Sorry, I'm going to find it here. Tom Junod. Junod? Junod? J-U-N-O-D. Tom Junod. Something like that. Junod. You know? But yeah, so but it's it's an article. It's based. Sorry, it's based on a movie. Um, the movie's based on an article called "Can You Say Dot 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 Hero?" Question mark. Yeah. By Tom Junod. Which, of course, the title of that being sort of like a you know child friendly kind of title mm-hmm. in relation to the show. It is a children's show, but yeah. you know that's besides the point. The thing is, this movie is more so about Lloyd Vogel as a protagonist, not. Mr. Rogers, but also in a way about you and your own self-reflection. That's very interesting. In a way, that's my perspective on it. Because while I was going through this movie, this is probably the most emotional I've been about something ever watching something in film history. Really? Yes, because there are a whole bunch of points made in this movie that aren't directly like stated... This is the moral of the story, but you still pick up on that kind of thing yourself. And while I was going through this movie, I was self-reflecting. 
And there were moments where I almost cried. See, you know, I think to me that adds just so much more to that movie and to the story. Because when you have moments where an audience is so emotionally invested and you know you have them, then you kind of have a lot of pressure to just, you know what I mean, to, to not drop the ball. And I think this movie handled that perfectly. You don't think about that when you're making them. I mean, you might here and there. I mean, I've personally never made a movie. I'd like to try to do that this year. Um, but you don't really think about the emotional impact, I feel like, until you put the piece together, you know, when you're writing it. Uh, I want to actually go into a couple scenes specifically. And the first one is, I mentioned it a little bit ago, when, when Lloyd tries to pick apart Mr. Rogers. I thought that, you know, here's this skeptic guy, and here's this guy that's effectively in the words of Lloyd himself, to quote him, a living saint. So I was very curious to see how Lloyd's approach with this guy, because nobody wants to interview with Lloyd, because they, they've read his work, and they, they, he's, he, they feel like, I guess you could say they kind of feel like they're effectively going to expose Lloyd, and, or ex- Lloyd's going to expo- expose, expose them. Yeah. yeah, they're going to expose themselves. Critical, analytical kind of guy. Yeah, so it was very interesting to see that Fred Rogers, of all people, the most, like, pure person in the world, (laughs) if you will, or one of, is willing to just sit down with this very skeptic reporter that rips people, effectively. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing as well, because when it came to Lloyd only being able to interview Mr. Rogers... His boss said that this guy was the only person willing to go through an interview like this. And then you get to Lloyd actually meeting up with Mr. Rogers, but you've got the film crew and they're trying to record this episode. And the film crew themselves are all very much aware of what Lloyd does and made it very clear, hey, Mr. Rogers, we want to read you every single article that we can find about this guy and then you can determine whether you want to inter- be interviewed by this man or not. And Mr. Rogers still was willing to do so. Why do you suppose that he was open to this interview and willing to do this? Well, the points in that regards is the fact that Mr. Rogers, or Fred Rogers actually, I don't know whether to be formal or informal about this, but... Either way is fine. I don't he think He saw something in Lloyd. And it was mentioned in the movie that Lloyd is a man of conviction. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of he's able to do what he does because he believes it's right or something. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I probably should find the quote. Well, that's okay. I, I I think you're pretty spot on. But the point is, even though... Lloyd has made all of these critical, analytical magazines and stories about these other people. Mr. Rogers saw something in all of that that was a positive trait. And even so, with this being a movie about self-reflection, forgiving, and personal growth, you see all of that transpire inside of Lloyd over time. 
he becomes a much better person after having met Mr. Rogers. He's a better person than he is at the end of the movie than he was at the beginning of the movie. And that's what we call a character arc for you uh, people out there that are wanting to get into this, and especially Hollywood. Did you notice... Okay, so here's one of my notes here that I actually made. And I was looking up on... Because I, I, what I started to do in recent episodes is go on IMDb and find some little trivia things that you may, you or I may have not known going into this and just make sure that it's correct and things of that nature. Uh, so one of the things that happens in this movie is they go to a restaurant. And this is after Lloyd blacks out and they're trying to talk to him or whatever and did you want to set that scene up when they when he blacks out yeah i believe i i know what you're talking about so lloyd was going through all this stuff he was stuck in he was stuck in his own head after i don't remember exactly what it was his father had like some sort of a yeah so his father i guess was having a heart attack or something it's actually a lot more intense of a scene now that I'm starting to think back on that because his father really wanted to make amends with his own son and make things right but Lloyd just wasn't having that because of past trauma or experiences with his father yes his father may have messed up but Lloyd as a result of all of that isn't really taking things the right way either. So when his father is trying to emphasize this might be the very last time that I'll be here, more so implying the fact that he might be dying soon, Mm -hmm. and that Lloyd was just shutting him down, it's a crazy... Did he actually say that this might be my last time being here? Yes. He said that specifically in that scene. Wow. And so they he he blacks out, Lloyd blacks out, um, after trying to yeah. go to Pittsburgh and so they, they uh he wakes up in the Rogers house and they go out to eat. And there's a scene where I, I I consider this the fourth wall break of the movie. Okay. Not every movie has a fourth wall break, but this one certainly does. There's a moment where they're talking, Fred and Lloyd and Fred says, would you do an exercise with me? And I th- now, I, I'm going to open up a little bit. I don't share this with a lot of people. But um, over the past couple years or so, I've, I've been going to therapy. I encourage everybody, if, if you feel you need to talk to somebody, get there. Get help that you need. Mental health is one of the most important things in this, in this world. And society, I don't feel, puts enough um, focus towards mental health. But that's another topic for for another episode. But the moral here being, when I was watching this post one of my, you know, after being in therapy for so long, I picked up on a few things that I feel like a therapist would use with somebody. And this exercise, particularly, where Fred says, would you do an exercise with me? And Lloyd looks at him like, okay. He goes, I want you to, th- you know, I want to take one minute and just one minute to think about every person that's ever loved us into being. And so for that minute, you see him break too. You also see a cameo of Joanne Rogers, the real Joanne Rogers. But uh, that scene, fun fact, 
The minute of silence in the restaurant scene featured all the people who had worked with Fred Rogers on his show and was done in memory of him. Which was very cool because there were instances where back in the day, and I actually, after seeing this movie so many, you know, a few times, at least once, went in and did my own little research of the um, show, right? The, the, the trains... Yeah, I'm not sure if you can hear it, but that's my own trolley running through. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> God, the trolley. That was the greatest train, part of the show train, back man. in the day. Just that piano theme. Well, I was going to get into this, though. Um, yeah. What I, where was I? Let's continue on with this. I'm it's trying to figure out where I was. Fun little distraction. So, I, guess. I think where I was was, yeah. Yeah, you were okay, talking so, about so, the... Oh, yeah. So there was a um, an episode where Fred Rogers had... No, this was America, I want to say in the 60s, right? Uh, when racism was big. And you actually saw Mr. Rogers put his feet in a swimming pool with a black guy. And back then that was, like, crazy for America. And I don't know, to me, that was a moment that really just kind of showed that this dude really believed in what he was saying and said yeah. what he really believed. You and... know, that actually does remind me. I saw something before as well on the internet where mm-hmm. it was some other celebrity. I don't remember what show it was, but there was a black character in it. And I think the the director or whoever was like, uh, we can't have this this character have so much screen time because of his skin color. But then the actor herself was like, well, let's give him more screen time. Screw you. He's he's a person. He's a good mm-hmm. friend. Let's keep doing it. I mean, the show was shut down shortly after that, I guess. Which show is this? I don't remember. I need to find it. Well, that's really cool. I, I will also say, not to gloss over that, that's very cool, actually. That's, that's... that's the thing about celebrities like that. Well, quote-unquote celebrities. Mr. Rogers doesn't really consider himself such but so there was an interview where tom hanks was talking about the hardest thing um i i recommend anybody go on imdb and and look at all this the tent scene was real it was shot on the uh the letterman show i want to say david letterman uh episode 1.11 and that was really cool he said well i feel like children need to understand that when adults make plans sometimes they don't work because as a kid growing up you think oh well everything's gonna work out right nothing yeah. nothing ever bad happens with adults because they know everything that's not true there was an interview with cbs this morning where tom hanks described fred rogers as terrifying due to rogers immense cultural and societal influence and uh, he credited fred rogers late wife um who passed away a couple years ago she serves as a consultant on the film with helping him to craft an honest and believable representation of her late husband. She, this is big. She also gave Hanks several of Fred's neckties, which he wore in the film. So some of those neckties are actually Fred Rogers neckties. There were also um, moments where like, just, just going through this, it, it's incredible. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, there's the different fun facts and things that you'll see. Uh, Hanks claimed the hardest part about playing Fred Rogers was slowing down his speaking tempo and that he would do meditation and relaxation exercises before filming to get in the right mood. Between takes, he would resume rapid fire patter and drinks, drink lots of coffee um, you know, between takes. 
I want to ask you, uh, how was Tom Hanks in this movie as portraying Fred Rogers? That's I, that's where I'm kind of going with this. <laughs> I honestly don't know who could have done better. I can agree. Because the part was done so beautifully, it felt like it was Mr. Rogers. Mm. Can you go in a little more detail about how that felt like Mr. Rogers? Well, the way that Mr. Rogers spoke so slowed down space between his words you get to really listen to what he's saying and you understand what he's trying to portray because you can just have that time between those words to think mm-hmm. so i feel like it settles in when he slows down when you someone slows down the words yeah because because what happens is it forces them to i don't know somehow it it helps you to relax right one of the things i loved about tom hanks as as this this portraying this man was it just felt natural it just worked it's one of those roles where it just works and it's so hard to really explain why i feel like tom hanks just had a phenomenal attitude towards this and just he i don't know if he won an oscar or not but if he didn't then he was robbed because clearly that was just one of the greatest performances you'll see in 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 modern his like film if i can say something as well fantastic go ahead the whole thing about the slowed down speech i can understand very much why it's a thing i it's Something that allows the listener to just think and reflect on what was said. To be able to understand and come up with whatever they need to out of those words. And there was the one solo episode that I did so long ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. but I do, because you were talking to me between takes. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like... It was the episode about the bad guys versus the Mitchells, and once again, I've somehow... (laughs) uh, I've somehow managed to bring this episode up again in a future episode after that release. And and you know, that's okay, because I I look at this show as an opportunity to kind of grow. Yeah. And go back. But I would say, go back and listen to how I speak in that. Because one of the things that I like doing is slowing down a little bit to help the viewer reflect on what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and understand this is my point. I did the same thing there as Mr. Rogers did here. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to think. I think one of the scenes that stood out to me as well was when Lloyd said it must have been really hard having you as a father. Because I felt like that kind of hit him hard. But then he looks at him and he goes, thank you for pointing that out, Lloyd. I never, you know, it's almost like I never thought of that. And thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. It, It always felt like no matter how hard Lloyd tried to, like, punch... Fred Rogers deflected it and gave him a hug instead. You know yeah. what I mean? Or something like that. Because, like, here's the thing as well. 
when it comes to that exact line and Mr. Rogers realizing, you know what? That's probably very true. It just bring it brings to reality that not everyone really is perfect. And he was as, a man, and that he was a man. Exactly. He had flaws. We're all human. They asked, you know, there's there's a whole bit where it's like, what do you do with the bad that you feel? And I thought that was funny. Pound clay, play the piano, and it was so funny because like there's moments where he's like, well, what do you do when you're angry? Boom, boom, boom. I thought that was really funny, and. Um, <laughs> But it's yeah. funny, but it's also true because he brings out the fact that there's all kinds of things that you can do to deal or manage your emotions in mm-hmm. such a way. You know, I almost wish that there was a show like this today. There I feel needs, like our society... There needs to be shows like this I today. I feel like our society today... And I, I could have sworn that they were going to cover the whole legal um, judge congress thing that he was in but um i i wish that today there was a show like this because i feel like the world now more than ever needs something like a fred rogers a mr rogers show and um you know maybe we have sesame street and stuff like that but i don't know man i want to ask you one more question and this is kind of kind of important here there's a quote in i believe it's the original spider-man starring toby mcguire it's a stanley um cameo and he uh he says well i really i guess one man really can make a difference enough said and then because that's stanley's enough said <laughs> stanley i want to ask you do you does this movie make you feel like one man really can make a difference or does it take more than one person If I'm going to be honest, I don't think we can do these things by ourselves. I think, as the quote goes, every fire starts with a spark. So if if you're going to be a change, then you need to do something. I think the, the issue today is that people, we have all this technology and everything at our fingertips. We can get information in the snap of our fingers. We can we can go places in the comfort of our own home. I think the issue is that we, we get caught up in all that to the point where we um, we don't realize that in order to make a change, or if we have an opinion, we're so scared to make it heard because of how ridicule will be. So what I think is you have to start that movement, right? You have to start that change. And to me, that's what this movie is about. It is about, you know, a, one man that's a human that has gone on to change millions. by not even, But not by himself. But with people. And so I think that Fred Rogers is somebody that we look at and need to look more towards today than uh, ever before because, you know, I think the world is, and this is a hot take, (laughs) the world is more broken than it's ever been before. And I think it just takes one person to stand up and say, hey, 
what gives make other people around them think and then start i don't know i almost feel like i'm rambling but it it really is (laughs) well i am but but it it really does take one person to 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 inspire others right to inspire it but so when it comes to my point i don't believe that we can really do all of this by ourselves because even though there is that initial spark you need to be the one to continue carrying the flame and keep Mm -hmm. it going yeah in that regards if it's a case like this you were not the one to start that spark initially so you were not alone in taking care of this endeavor well you're not alone it takes a a group of people to to create a movement Mm -hmm. but it takes one idea from one person to then go to another person to go to another person you know what i mean even so that's still not a solo effort yes i mean obviously but but it all it starts is with an idea and doing something about it so i think that's gonna wrap it up yeah so yeah the only remaining bit now is the fact that the show or it was mentioned in the movie that the show touched upon all these dark topics as well for oh yeah we should yeah we should but there was this scene where lloyd was i guess going through a whole montage of these past mr rogers episodes and Mm. even brought it up to fred that there were these dark topics that nowadays would be very shocking to even speak Mm -hmm. about when it comes to children yes the whole topic of death war all kinds of serious subjects like Mm -hmm. why would you put that on a kid's show but the point of that is you know these are things that are common in daily life that well maybe not so much war those are no war is still very relevant today yeah very relevant today but at the same time not as prominent maybe. not as pro- yeah but very much so relevant but still. even so there the world is not a perfect place and i guess children do need to realize that the whole thing about the tent is that not everything <laughs> works out as you would hope i laughed so hard when i saw that scene too i was like there's no way <laughs> but no, but it was amazing he was going for yeah too. well no because... he, he meant to set it up the original plan was to set up the tent yeah but he made the best out of that situation he did the best that he could exactly it didn't work in the end and he realized he needed help and it's okay to go to get help everything has a lesson yes to learn you know i i, I when i walked away from train i'm telling you we're getting too deep and the train's like hey man reel it back i i will say this uh the quote that appeared on imdb that i also agree with is anything mentionable is manageable right so so if you can mention the idea of death or the concept of death then it's manageable if you can think it you can mention it if you can mention it then it's manageable so nothing can ever be too complex. I mean, yeah, there are moments where it feels like it, but nothing feels like you, you know, yeah. I always feel like you can always talk to somebody. So that's my, that's going away from this. That's what I encourage people to do. If you're going through something, talk to somebody. If you feel like you have an opinion that's different from other people's, mention it. Be a change and uh, do what Fred did. That's what I say. Yeah. 
So I know that there's a lot of stuff that I turn to my friends about, and as such, it makes me feel better and become mm-hmm. a better person as a result. So and same here. So let's end on something happy. Because we got too deep, and we're not going to delete people here in the deep end. No. So, what do you think was the funniest moment in this whole movie? Oh, gosh, there were multiple moments, honestly. Even though it was such a serious tone for the for the movie itself, there was still some good humor there. I, I would say the, the tent. tent. Yeah, I was going to say, I loved the tent. Yeah. He was just like bending over it like oh mercy oh you know just just like it was so funny just watching tom hanks as fred rogers trying to set up a tent yeah i was thinking to myself man when i went on camp out once i couldn't set up a tent and that was pretty much me and it was hilarious to everybody else but to me it was like ah, i'm gonna get this tent <laughs> but i just love it. it was like no that was perfect i yeah. loved it that was it, great and it really is because <laughs> you have this hilarious moment that if that was actually released in a children's show, you'd have kids laughing about it. Oh, yeah. But then they would also have a lesson to take from it. That, exactly. Yeah, it's perfect. works out. It's, it's just perfect. Fine. So I think that's where I'm going to end it. Yeah. Is, you know, I, I think that it's just, it was such a beautiful movie. It's one of those movies that really makes you think and, and, and reflect, I think is what you said um, at, after this. You said, yeah. yeah, you know, it was more so a movie about me and reflecting than it was, you know me implying the the audience yeah and my most favorite note that i have here is that is that it is a movie about self-reflection forgiveness and personal growth yeah it's it's perfect and and that's why i loved this movie so much and and i think it's just everybody should see this movie it's not about him it's It's about you yeah everybody should see this movie so i give it i know i'm gonna be showing my friends this i give it 10 Lamageddons out of 5 Lamageddons. <laughs> I'll have to agree with you on that one. Wow, he agreed with yeah. the Lamageddon scale. Yep. Lamageddon. 10 Lamageddons. 10 Lamageddons. Out of 10. Time to close it. Well, thank you for <laughs> joining us on Let's this you still got beautiful it. night in the neighborhood. Or day. Or day. It depends on wherever you are. If you like our stuff and want to listen to any of our other episodes, Lamageddon. <laughs> actually, Lamageddon is a pretty fun one. Lamageddon. Yeah, we have yeah, something like, actually in the works that's that's really bad. Yes. We're, we're coming back. It's it's gonna yeah it, it's gonna be worth it. I promise. We're gonna make this month like mega funny. Oh, we actually yeah. have an idea. I have an idea for like a whole month that I gotta tell you about. Ooh. Like a whole th- and nobody was gonna guess it at all. Nobody will guess it. I guarantee you. I will give you $5, $10, $10 that nobody guesses what it's about. If you think you have an idea, put it in the com- <laughs> or, uh, comments or email us. Yeah, feel free to comment on whatever platforms allow you to. We have an email, a Twitter. The, the Twitter is at filmfreaks underscore pod. We have an Instagram, a TikTok as well. Those are just simply at filmfreakspod, no underscore. Mm-hmm. And our email is thefilmfreaks01 at gmail.com. Feel free to dang look to at take you the bet. You still got it. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I will mail you your very own Llama Get in Llama. 
if you can guess what it is that we will cover. <laughs> okay, a llama from outer space that was drawn, hand drawn, in a horrible animating thing. Yeah, just just go watch the. Go I'll watch make my own artist rendition. Of go it. watch. <laughs> no, yeah, Matt will send you a picture. That he drew of a llama himself, and I'll send you one of a stick figure. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that'll do it for this episode. So welcome to 2023, folks. And yeah, we will see you next, what is it, Friday? Next Friday? Yeah, we can next try to Friday. keep the Friday schedule. Let's do Fridays. Yeah. Fridays are at the end of the week. Everybody everybody likes Friday. Nice time to wind down and yeah. chill, listen to us. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Perfect length of the episode. It's going to be a beautiful year. Yes, it's going to be a fantastic year. So, welcome to 2023, year of the water rabbit. Yeah. I'm not kidding. It's the year of the water rabbit. I never heard of a water rabbit, but hey. Well, it's a rabbit. But water. But somehow water's involved. Does it hop on water? Is it made of water? Or does it live in the water? Is it a rabbit that... Lives in water, but sticks its head up to breathe. Maybe. Does it have like a little straw and it swims around? I might have to talk to the Avatar sometime. Who knows? The Avatar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he wants to do a... Yeah. (laughs) We'll catch you guys later. Yeah, see you around. Peace.